Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family vgw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus <laughs> This is Valley Sports Talk with Bryce Larson. Hear from players, coaches, and experts on the latest news and events surrounding all things Utah Valley Sports. Valley Sports Talk is brought to you by Bout Time Pub and Grub in Vineyard. Find them online at bouttimepub.com. Welcome into Valley Sports Talk here on ESPN 960. It's a beautiful morning across the Wasatch Front. Appreciate you tuning in. Wherever you are tuning in, Valley Sports Talk is powered by Bout Time Pub and Grub in Vineyard. If you need a place to watch all of the games this upcoming weekend, make sure you check out Bout Time Pub and Grub in Vineyard, right across I-15 from Utah Valley University. And uh, the NFL starting on Thursday night. If you don't have Amazon Prime Video, you might want to run. Don't walk. Run over to about time pub and grub to uh, make sure you can watch the Chiefs and the Lions tomorrow night. It's right around the corner. And uh, it sounds like Travis Kelsey might not be going for the Chiefs. We'll talk a little bit about that later on in the program. Some of the other big-time NFL games coming up this weekend. Uh, We've got a lot of great football on tap. Not only the NFL, but college football as well. We'll get into that later on in the program as well. Uh, just wanted to uh, remind you about Bout Time Pub and Grub and let you know to get over there for this weekend slate of football games. It's a great atmosphere down there in Vineyard as well with everybody uh, cheering for their favorite team to win. And uh, it's a great it's a great time, great place, great atmosphere. Bout Time Pub and Grub. In Vineyard. All right, uh, looking at the rundown for today's show, uh, later on we are going to talk with Chris LeMay, the head coach of the women's soccer team at Utah Valley University. Get the Chris LeMay coaches show on tap for you guys. They are on their way to play against number 19 USC down in Southern California tomorrow night. So we'll chat with him as they head out of town and uh, do a little bit of a West Coast road swing as well. Later on, we'll uh, talk about our you know, a little bit of around the, the Big 12 Conference, talk about what's going on. Um, we didn't really get into what happened around the conference, and uh, so we'll, we'll give you the recap of the weekend as well as look forward to what is going to happen this upcoming weekend. Some big games on tap for the Big 12 Conference. 
And then we also have our Big 12 Power Rankings. Myself and Jordan B. Nucci, the executive producer of the program, uh, we put out our Big 12 Midweek Power Rankings, and some of the positions might surprise you of where some of these teams fall within those Big 12 Power Rankings. So we'll get into that here in this segment in just a little bit. Later on in the program, we'll welcome in Sean Walker of KSL.com to talk a little BYU football. Um, get his thoughts on on what happened at that game on Saturday with Sam Houston. What could possibly happen on Saturday against SUU? You never know. With the way that offense played and the way that uh, SUU played on the road in the middle of that sandstorm down at Arizona State, there could be a recipe for disaster for BYU on Saturday. They cannot uh, take anything lightly going through this week. So we'll get into that with Sean Walker. We'll even talk some football as well. Some BYU women's soccer, some UVU women's soccer, UVU men's soccer with Sean Walker coming up at 9.20 a.m. And we'll hop into some NFL talk to wrap up the show and preview the weekend that will be in the first weekend of the NFL. So why don't we get into that college football talk here and get into the opening banter, always brought to you by Body Armor. Ladies and gentlemen, let's begin the show by starting it. Turn it up. It's Bryce's opening banter, brought to you by Body Armor. Body Armor is proud to partner with Operation Homefront, a national nonprofit whose mission is to build strong, stable, and secure military families so they can thrive, not simply just struggle to get by in the communities that they have worked so hard to protect. In 2023, Body Armor is donating $500,000 to Operation Homefront. Tell military families, make sure you go to drinkbodyarmor.com slash Operation Homefront. That's drinkbodyarmor.com slash Operation Homefront to learn how to support those who serve. All right, getting into our uh, midweek power rankings. I want to bring in Jordan Bianucci um, to, to kind of kick these festivities off. We, we came up with these yesterday. Last night, as we went over all of the games that were this past weekend in uh, the Big 12 Conference, and as far as my power rankings go, it's a traditional power ranking where you know I think this is where this team is at right now, uh, how they fare against the other teams in the conference. So the way that I did it, you know, I took the teams who are playing the best football kind of pushed them more towards the top of that list. And the teams that looked a little bit worse have fallen down to you know, the, the lower half, the bottom of the list. Now, everybody's got a different way that they do this. So I want to bring in Jordan Bianucci. Jordan, explain a little bit your thinking as you, gone, as you went into um, this power ranking. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get killed for these power rankings. <laughs> no, I took in... I Look, I... I did it more like I took in week one. So like if a, for example, West Virginia, I have them higher because even though they got beat pretty bad on the road, they did go to Penn State, played a really good opponent. So I have them higher than say I may. My point is this may totally change after week two. I took more stock in just week one than where I think they are as far as taking in their preseason polls and all of that. So not, not really projecting out. Exactly. Where they might finish, but just taking their week one product 
and saying this is where I think they are currently. Yeah, and I, and I mean, I'm, I have Texas at one, so obviously I'm taking in where I think they'll finish to some degree, but I'm, I am uh, using week one as a bigger gauge, you could say. All right, so with that context, with that frame of reference, we'll go into these power rankings, starting off uh, with, well, let's go three at a time. I'm going to go, uh, I had Kansas State. At number one, I think Kansas State right now, until proven otherwise, is the best team. They are the returning champs of the Big 12 Conference. Number two, of course, is Texas. And I really liked what Oklahoma did over the weekend as well. Now, of course, they none of these teams played anybody. They were all warm-up games. We are going to get Texas on the road at Alabama. And we will know very quickly whether Texas is a an actual contender or a pretender coming up this weekend. But that's my top three. And Jordan, your top three is is very similar. Yeah, I have Texas at one. We just flip-flopped. I have Kansas State at two, and then Oklahoma at three. So I think most people would agree. Maybe some people would say, you know what, based off of what Texas has on their roster, talent-wise, you could put Texas at number one. I just, you know, I didn't even put them at number one in my preseason ranking, the ballot that I sent in to the Big 12 Conference for Media Day. I did not put Texas at number one. I had Kansas State at number one in that preseason poll as well. Put it out on Twitter. You can go and fact check that. It wasn't too long ago. So Kansas State, Texas, Oklahoma. Jordan has Texas, Kansas State, Oklahoma. This is where we start to kind of differ a little bit. I've got Oklahoma State at number four. Then Kansas at five. And TCU at six. All right. And then, okay, I was higher on the Bearcats in the preseason than most people. I have Cincinnati at four, and then Oklahoma State at five, and TCU at six as well. So that's where we start to differ a little bit. Uh, any any specific reason why you're high on the Bearcats? Because I think a lot of people would ask questions about that. Cincinnati at four. I love Bearcats, and I love Chile, <laughs> and I love Cincinnati. There you go. So there's nothing to do with football there, huh? No, there's a little to do with football. But, uh, they did score 66 points, but uh, it was against Eastern Kentucky. Look, when I, I'm not going to lie. I'm maybe regretting putting them that high at this point, but, uh, I mean, I'm sticking with it. I put it down. I'm going with it. All right. There we go. I just think, you know, Cincinnati a little bit lower on the totem pole. They've got a new coaching staff. They're still trying to figure things out. They They lost a lot as well. So we'll see uh, what happens with Cincinnati going forward. All fair points. <laughs> yeah, 7, 8, and 9. I've got UCF, Texas Tech, and then Cincinnati for 7, 8, and 9 in my power ranking. And then I have West. I gave West Virginia a lot of credit. You did. West Virginia at 7. They got beat on the road at Penn State, but I think Penn State is a top 10 team. Um, and then, Oh, yeah. And, and they then, might win the Big Ten. Yeah, and so, look, they hung with them for few quarters. So I gave them, I gave them, listen, here's the other part too, is I gave teams credit for, except for Texas Tech, who I didn't really give a lot of credit to, but if they went on the road and played a good team, I gave them the benefit of the doubt. So I have West Virginia at seven, Kansas at eight, and UCF at nine. So Kansas, UCF, they're right in there as well. Um, 10, 11, 12. I'm going to go with BYU at number 10. I think that's where they probably will hover for the full season unless I really see, uh, a, you know, more from this team. If they go out and beat Arkansas, obviously they're going to jump way up in these rankings. Um, if they continue on the trend that they are right now after week one, now you can't really take a lot out of week one, so we'll see what happens going forward. 
Uh, but I have BYU at 10. Iowa State at 11. Don't think that they're going to be great. They were okay in, in week one as well. Obviously didn't play anybody also. Uh, number 12, I've got Houston. I'd, look, you barely beat UTSA at home. The other portion that I took into account for Houston here is that uh, it's their first game. First game in the Big 12 Conference. They're playing at home against UTSA, a team who they barely beat a year ago, uh, and it was a close one, and their stadium was like half full. Where's the fan support down in Houston? What's going on with Houston? So that's my spiel on Houston. BYU 10, Iowa State 11, Houston number 12. Yeah, Houston, they're busy watching Altuve hit a home run every time he comes to a bat. <laughs> Something. <laughs> um, I have Iowa State at 10. I have BYU at 11. I'm going to probably delve into some cougar tail. And then I have Houston at 12. Shout out Carlos Zimmerman. And then to round out the power rankings, I've got West Virginia at 13 and Baylor at 14. Losing to Texas State was uh, just, you can't do that. And uh, I've, I've lost all my faith in Baylor so much as to put them below West Virginia, who I think will be the two worst teams in the Big 12 this year. And uh, I have, and this is where I'm second guessing myself. I have Texas Tech at 13 and Baylor at 14. I should have given Texas Tech more credit for going to Laramie, losing a close game in overtime. Yeah, it was, uh, it was cool to see Texas Tech go on the road. And I'm glad that you brought that up because. Um, BYU is going to have to make that trip here in in a season or two. They have Wyoming on the future schedule, and it's a return trip to Laramie as well. Shout out to Texas Tech for being willing to do that. That's why teams don't do that right there. They do not want to start the season off week one on the road at a place like Laramie where uh, you know if you go early, those fans show up and show out. They don't really know what that team's going to look like, so they're like, hey, it's a new season. We've got a big opponent here in town. Let's go you know, be loud, have fun, and if it doesn't work out, then uh, we always have next year. But it did work out for Wyoming uh, this time around. They went down like 14-0. I think it might have even been more than that, 17-0 early on in that game and stormed all the way back to tie it up and then eventually take the lead as well. That game went into overtime. And shout out Andrew Peasley for being uh, uh, one of or, or, like a tough dude and a really good quarterback in that game as well. He ran the ball a ton and got pounded by Texas Tech's defense. Uh, ended up coming back in uh, late in the uh, fourth quarter and also in overtime. And uh, ended up winning the game for Wyoming. It was quite an exciting game. One of the better games over the weekend. But if you're Texas Tech, man... Look, I had Texas Tech as a, a dark horse in the Big 12 Conference. It Look, their season's not over because they lost to Wyoming. Their season's definitely not over. They still have conference play. They can still play really well throughout Big 12 play and find themselves in the conference championship game. That's why I put them in the eighth spot in my power ranking. I think that they still have an opportunity to jump up that list. So I think they're right about the halfway point right now. They could either really sink the ship 
or they could turn it around and become one of the better teams in the Big 12. And look, they have an opportunity this weekend. They host Oregon. So I think you can really put that Wyoming loss behind you if you can beat a good Oregon team. Oh, absolutely. Especially an Oregon team that put up 81 points on Portland State. Uh, if you almost score a hundred points in any college football game, no matter who you're playing, uh, you know you've got a pretty high-powered offense. Especially if, for portions of that game, your second, third, and fourth string players were in. Oh man, poor Portland State got pounded uh, by Oregon. So we'll see. What happens with Texas Tech and Oregon coming up this weekend? You also have Oklahoma State and Arizona State playing this upcoming weekend. That one's going to be interesting. I believe that one is in Tempe at Arizona State. Um, and so that's going to be a great one. A great Big 12, Pac 12 matchup alongside Texas Tech and Oregon as well. Um, and a future uh, Big 12 matchup as well with Oklahoma State and Arizona State. One other team that uh, I think is kind of under the radar right now that nobody's paying attention to, but a team that BYU has to start Big 12 play off with is Kansas. How about the Jayhawks? I have them at number 5 in my ranking. Jordan, you have them at number 8. But I think with Lance Leipold, with the uh, preseason offensive player of the year in Jaden Daniels, at quarterback, they've got a lot of offensive weapons. Just the way that they run that offense, it's very uh, if you watch that Coastal Carolina game, it's very Coastal Carolina, where they almost, you almost have to prepare for a triple option but it's not really a triple true triple option, right? They run that stretch option in a lot of pistol formations, a lot of shotgun spread it out formations as well and they have multiple different options. Uh, you could throw it, pass it, run it out of any one of those formations. It's tough to defend, and it's very, um, it's very tricky to if if you're if you're seeing it for the first time. It's tough for defenses to catch up as well because you just never know where that ball is going to go. And if you have an athletic quarterback that can run it really well, and also step back and be accurate in the passing game. You are just so multiple on offense. It is tough to defend. I like Kansas. They were one of the better teams last year early on in the season. They got out to a 5-1, and 6-1 and one record to start it off before uh, Daniels got hurt. But I really like Kansas. And I think it's going to be a tough, tough situation to start off Big 12 play for BYU. That's a game you probably have to win if you're BYU. Uh, to just to get bowl eligible, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, and it's going to be brutal coming off a game in which you've traveled to uh, Fayetteville to take on Arkansas. Yeah, it's going to be uh, a tough back-to-back road swing for the Cougars. Uh, another team that both of us, you know, didn't shrink on because they lost on Saturday was TCU. I think a lot of people would say, hey, look, TCU lost to Colorado. What's going on there? Well, this is a different Colorado team, and we'll get into a little bit of what Deion Sanders had to say post game in the next segment, so stick around for that. But I, I was uh, pleasantly surprised by the production of TCU's offense just on the defensive side, man. They got to step it up. But I mean, this is the Big 12 Conference, and nobody plays defense in the Big 12 Conference as long as you can score. 
like Baylor could not too long ago <laughs> under the direction of Matt Rule um, when they took Oklahoma into all those overtimes and it was like a 72-65 to 65 ball game. As long as you can keep up with other teams, you're going to be okay. That's what TCU was able to do last year. They didn't have much of a defense last year, but they were able to put up a lot of points. So I'm, wait, I'm in wait-and-see mode on, te- on TCU to see how they turn out the rest of the way. Iowa State, West Virginia, Baylor, Houston. Look, I'm I'm I I'm like a I have to see it to believe it. I really have to see what those teams can do going forward to really believe it. I think Neil Brown at at West Virginia is as good as gone. He's done for. At West Virginia, I don't think that uh he's going to be able to bounce back and uh mid-season look, Neil Brown probably should have been fired at the end of last season. And we should probably have a new tenure at West Virginia. But uh, we'll see what happens. New athletic director. Didn't want to make any big-time movements in his first week or so as the athletic director following last season at West Virginia. So we'll see what happens with Neil Brown and the Mountaineers. As far as Baylor goes, oh boy. And Utah's got Baylor in Waco. If they... Okay, let me ask you this, Jordan. What are you going to think about Baylor if they knock off Utah at home and Cam Rising is able to go and and we just see a completely different Baylor team on Saturday? I mean, I would put him in the top five, probably, as far as my power rankings next week. <laughs> that would be so. They'd be they're playing with their backup quarterback this week against Utah, and Utah's only a seven and a half point favorite. I'm just I'm really interested to see that game because I want to know what Vegas knows that we don't know. Because right now, I don't I don't see that game being all that competitive. I think it's at least a two touchdown game right now. Yeah, look, it's all about um, matchups, really. It's about matchups, and maybe Baylor just matches up against a Utah team a little bit better, this is weird to say, than how Texas State was. Because the way I see Utah is not necessarily a massive, you know, spread it out really fast on the outside type of team that's going to beat you down the field and on the outside. What, What I see Utah as is a a dominant team in the trenches, a team that can really grind it out and play physical football. And from what I saw last year from Baylor, the way that Jeff Grimes and Eric Mateos really have uh, and set up their offense is a grinded out, punch you in the face type of offense. You saw how many times they lined up in 12 personnel uh with two tight ends. They also lined up in the I formation, run a stretch zone a lot as well. They like to pound the football. And Jeff Grimes against BYU last year, man, they ran the ball a ton. They probably should have let Shapin through, throw a little bit more than what how much he threw last season. Um, and I expect the same thing from Jeff Grimes. I think that they line up really well, and they're very physical. It's just maybe Texas State was a little bit faster on the outside, which is crazy to think because of the amount of talent that you should be able to get no matter where you are in the Big 12. 
the amount of talent and and just athleticism you should be able to have on the outside. It was crazy to see how many points Texas State put up on Baylor, and just the fact that they lost to them at home. Oh, that's tough, man. Well, I'll say this. The worst thing that could have happened to Utah happened, and that's Baylor losing to Texas State because now <laughs> that's they're, true. they are uh, royally pissed off for yeah. that game. They're going to come in hungry. They're going to come in mad. They're going to come in trying to save their season, and nothing would save their season like a win over a ranked team in Utah at home. We'll see what happens. Uh, I think it's going to be a great game. By the w- I think it will be closer to that seven, seven and a half point line. I hope so. I hope it'll be an entertaining game. Bryce, just to let the listeners know, I am working the Utah pregame show oh, uh, there we go. that day. And folks, tune in ESPN 700. 6 a.m. start! <laughs> there is nothing better than getting that pregame on at 6 a.m. before you're even awake. No, did you... This shocked me. This is kind of a little off topic, but... Uh, I tuned, so Utah has a four hour pregame show. Yeah. And I tuned into KSL. I was driving down to the BYU football game, tuned into KSL. It was like two hours, two and a half hours before the game. They didn't even have a, they had paid programming on KSL. That, that, that shocked me. Yeah. I don't know what's going on over there. Not, not a hundred percent sure. <laughs> no, I was, yeah. just, it was just, I just was surprised these, because man, it's crazy how, uh, all these football teams do like five or six hour pre. It's like an all day. Oh thing. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you gotta. Yeah, we you gotta get the content flowing, and that's why if you want a long pregame show, hey, right here on ESPN 960, they go for four hours before the game, outside of the stadium, right across the street. Ben Criddle getting things going. If you want some pregame content, flip it over to ESPN 960 four hours before the game, and you'll get some pregame content for sure. Right here on ESPN 960. Uh, just want to remind you before we head to a break here, you can win a brand new 65 inch smart TV and gaming console plus a comfy reclining chair. Just uh, enter to win at ESPN960sports.com. The ESPN 960 home entertainment system giveaway is powered by Strong VW. Just go over to ESPN960.com, ESPN960sports.com, and you can enter to win. Those prizes right there on the website as well. We'll take a break. We'll come back on the other side. We'll talk some more football. Uh, Deion Sanders in Colorado. What'd you think about Colorado? Uh, what did, uh, you think this, th- th- they can keep this up the full season? We'll get into that. We'll get into his post game comments as well. Coming up next right here on Valley Sports Talk on ESPN 960. Time for a college football segment on Valley Sports Talk with Bryce Larson. For the latest college football news, keep it locked to 960 AM and online at ESPN960Sports.com. Welcome back into Valley Sports Talk here on ESPN 960. Valley Sports Talk in this college football segment brought to you by Ruby's Inn. To redefine family time, visit rubiesin.com. Also want to uh, make a correction. I said earlier that the NFL football game Thursday night's on Amazon Prime. <laughs> it's not this week. It's on NBC, so you'll be able to see the Lions and Chiefs play on NBC. Um, the NFL is kind of funny the way that they do all of their TV stuff. You'd think that every Thursday night they'd have Amazon Prime, but they like to switch it up, at least at the beginning of the season, give NBC some more airtime. Uh, with that as well. So NBC, Thursday night, Lions 
and uh, Chiefs. But you could still head on over to Bout Time Pub and Grub. That's why they're so great. It's because they uh, have the game on, no matter what game it will be. So make sure you go watch the game over at Bout Time and our friends uh, in Vineyard as well. Get into some more college football talk. Deion Sanders and Colorado. Do you believe now? That's what Deion's saying. There was a lot of doubters about Colorado. Hey, I'll, I'll be honest. I doubted Colorado as well. I don't think a lot of people knew that you could take, uh, you know, 80 new people into a program and have a complete turnaround and look so good the way that they looked on Saturday. Now, the defensive side of the football has probably got to shape up just a little bit more. Uh, they got to hold some, uh, some better opponents to less points. We'll see what happens with USC, Utah, Oregon as well. They'll have some challenges coming up here a little bit later. But Deion Sanders in the post game, he said uh, he was keeping receipts. He's got the receipts of what some people have written about the team. And he's also uh, asking them if they believe now. Why don't uh, we hear from Deion Sanders in that post game? Shador broke a single, a single For real? Game. Shador Sanders from my HBCU? Absolutely. The one that played at Jackson last year? The one that you asked me, why would I give him the starting job? But like never, that, no, not you. I got receipts. I know who they are. Not you, baby. I just gotta say it. I would never do that. What's up, boss? You believe now? You you hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh no, do you believe now? Huh? Oh no, no, no. I read through that bull junk you wrote. I, I read through that. I sifted through all that. Yeah. Oh no, come on. Do you believe? You don't believe. You just answered it. You don't believe. Next question. You don't believe. You don't believe. All right, that was Deion Sanders in the post game after the game on Saturday. If you hadn't heard that yet, um, kind of a, a, a weird, wacky scenario going on there. Deion Sanders, we, we know who Deion Sanders is, prime time. We know what he is about, and this just further you know pushes his persona. But I wanted to ask Jordan Bianucci, uh, what are your thoughts on on this situation post game with Deion Sanders calling out reporters in the uh, post game media scrum? I mean, it's funny because it's it's Deion Sanders; he can get away with it. Yeah, but any other head coach, come on, you, you grow up. You, <laughs> it, I like enjoy. It's very entertaining because it is it is Dion. But no, I mean he's having fun with it. But but uh, yeah, you, you, the, the writers are doing their jobs. I mean, it's not their job to buy in to what your program is. They're just reporting what's going on. Exactly. Now, now look, he maybe if he's talking to a columnist that wrote a an opinion piece about this team isn't going to be great, then, yeah, I get I get where he's coming from. But most of those people, it's not, yeah, they're just reporting on what they see. It's it's not a matter of whether they believe or not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, that is, that's exactly where I was going with this. Uh, look, as, as, a, as a reporter, you know, you're just reporting on what is happening. You don't have to believe, or it's not your job to believe if a team's going to be good or not, right? So I just thought that was kind of silly going into a post game uh, press conference asking all those reporters in the post game media scrum whether they believe or not. Now this is all part of Deion Sanders' persona, his his look towards media. There's multiple cameras throughout Colorado fall camp, 
throughout Colorado practice. Everything that they do is on camera there at Colorado. Even his introductory uh, speech to the team where he said, look, I'm, look, you know, a lot of people, a lot of you in this room aren't going to be here next year because I'm bringing my luggage, bringing my baggage with me. Um, it turned out none of them were going to be there. Yeah, well, there was only one. I think like one dude that ended up sticking around that was actually on the field on Saturday. It was uh, that safety that made the interception against TCU in the end zone. Um, made a great play on the ball. He's one of the only dudes on that defense that stuck around with Colorado. Made a play for the Buffs against TCU on Saturday. So, you know, just kind of a funny scenario with Deion Sanders post game there. They have Nebraska this upcoming Saturday. We'll see if we still believe after week two here on the program. Nebraska at Colorado. Fox Big Noon Saturday. So it's another Big Noon game. Joel Klatt will be uh, drooling once again all over this game, loving what he sees from his own CU buffs. Actually, I think Joel Klatt did a pretty good job at you know, keeping things even for the most part um, this past Saturday. We'll see if he can keep it together as Nebraska and Colorado face off on uh, Saturday. It's one of the bigger games um, of the day. Of course, Texas and, and Alabama later on that night at 5 p.m. is going to be the biggest game of the day. We'll see how well Texas can face up against Alabama. I think Alabama might be dropping off just a little bit. Curious about their quarterback situation, how that's going to turn out. But I, I'm kind of excited to watch Texas and see if they can pass their first big test. I like Steve Sarkeesian. And I, I'm one of the people that wants to see Steve Sarkeesian succeed. Um, as far as Texas goes, like I don't hate Texas. I don't mind them. I don't like that they're leaving the Big 12 to go to the SEC. I don't like the way that they did that. But as far as that, you know, as far as a football team goes, yeah, I like Texas. I'd like to see him go in and knock off Alabama on Saturday as well. Already mentioned Utah and Baylor. That's a big game this upcoming Saturday. That's also a 10 a.m. kickoff. Jordan, you mentioned a 6 a.m. pregame over on our sister station, ESPN 700. That's a little too early. Getting up early. Yeah, <laughs> a little too early uh, to be doing that. Uh, so probably won't be we up that early, but. Uh, yeah, getting to tune in to a lot of these games over the weekend. Also, you mentioned Texas Tech and Oregon. That's going to be a great game this upcoming weekend. We're going to get into all of the games across the full slate of the Big 12 and Pac-12 coming up here in the next hour. So we won't dive too far into what's going on, but just wanted to give you a little heads up on uh, Deion Sanders and Colorado. We'll see if Travis Hunter can go both ways for the full season. That's got to that's got to be a lot of wear and tear. On his body, we'll see how well Shadur Sanders can come out against a uh, probably a little bit better of a Nebraska defense is what I'm going to say. Um, the Big Ten takes pride in their defense, either that or just terrible offense. It's kind of hard to tell, <laughs> um, but we'll see what happens with Nebraska, Colorado. Probably a couple more athletes in the trenches rather than on the outside that, that TCU had. TCU has speed and athleticism on the outside. I think Nebraska will be more forceful and better off in the trenches. So we'll see how well uh, that that you know Colorado front on both the offense and the defensive side can hold up because that's really where it's going to be at this upcoming Saturday. Really, yeah. Quick question, Bryce: Who's the play-by-play guy with a uh, clat on Saturday? Oh, it's uh, it's our good friend Gus Johnson. Guess who? Wow! 
Absolutely. Actually, you know, it's kind of crazy. I think, uh, I don't want to speculate here, but uh, there was a couple times where Gus was wrong on Saturday. It was kind of, I was like, wait, hold on. Are we, uh, is he starting to, you know, get a little bit older? He's working off the rust. First game of the, first game of the season. I know. I was a little worried for him. I, I, you know, we'll see how he does this upcoming Saturday, but there was multiple times where he called TCU Colorado and vice versa. And then there was a couple of different times where he was a little confused and, and Clat had to be like, no, Gus, this is what happened. So, uh, you know, just, Shout out to Gus. Hopefully he can, you know, get things together. He has a much better week this upcoming week. Hopefully it was just the rust because I love Gus Johnson. Yes, I, no! I, I, yeah. He is the best play-by-play guy across college football, no doubt. All right, we'll take a break. We'll be back on the other side. We'll welcome in Chris LeMay for the Chris LeMay Coaches Show. Talk some UVU women's soccer on the flip side. This Valley Sports Talk on ESPN 960. LeMay Coaches Show on Valley Sports Talk. Bryce Larson sits down with the head coach of the UVU women's soccer team as they chase yet another NCAA tournament appearance. Let's get out to the head coach of the Wolverines, Chris LeMay. Always brought to you by Proper Brewing Company. Visit them online at properbrewingco.com. Welcome back into Valley Sports Talk. It's time for the Crystal May Coaches Show here on ESPN 960. Always brought to you by Proper Brewing Co. Properbrewingco.com. You can visit any one of their Wasatch Front locations or go online and visit them at, WAP, at properbrewingco.com. All right, let's get out to the ESPN 960 hotline. Welcome in the head coach of the UVU women's soccer team, Chris LeMay. Coach LeMay, appreciate you uh, hopping on once again. How are things going? Hey, Bryce. How are you? Um, thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm outstanding. That's great to hear. Uh, Want to dive into kind of just the the morale of the team? You lost to be uh, lost to Utah, lost to BYU as well. How are things feeling in the locker room as of right now? You know, um, we had a we had a long kind of heart to heart yesterday uh, prior to film, and you know we we spent a lot of time on big picture stuff, spent a lot of time on you know how do how do we learn from uh, the experiences we've had thus far this season. How do we fall forward? How do we um, make sure that we, you know, don't repeat mistakes that, that we've made thus far. So I, I feel pretty good right now. I mean, it, the team seems to be bought in and uh, our training session yesterday after, after a long meeting um, where, you know, everybody was held accountable and, you know, a, a tough film session, having to, you know, kind of go back through and, and relive, you know, two results that were, were not favorable. Um, you know, I thought we trained really well. So, uh, you know, I, I'm confident that it's going to be a blip and it's going to be something that the, hopefully at the end of the season we can look back and go, you know what, maybe we had to go through that in order to, you know, to, to focus in even a little bit more and, uh, and become the team that we know that we're capable of. There's a lot of season left as well coach and uh you know as well as anybody that it's it really all comes down to western athletic conference play uh what do you think you can take from these last few games to see where you might need to improve as a team and move forward from it um some of those mistakes you had you had talked about what things do you guys need to improve on as you head forward and you know you've got a big game coming up against usc as well so talk about some of those things you can improve upon uh, as a team together 
Yeah, I mean, the game is won and lost in both boxes. <laughs> and uh, those are the two areas that we've been poor. Um, we've created a lot of opportunities, and, and we just haven't capitalized. We haven't finished. So in critical moments, you know, we haven't executed at the, at the level that, that we need to. Um, and then on the other side of the ball, you know, it, it, it seems like right now the teams are, are, are creating, you know, eight chances and scoring six you know, creating five chances and scoring five. So, you know, on, on, on both ends, but at both ends, um, we've got to just sharpen up and we've got to pay attention to detail and we've got to um, be more consistent. And, you know, that certainly was an area that, that we addressed yesterday in training and we'll continue to address. And, 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 you know, going into this next game, USC looks a lot like Clemson. USC looks a lot like BYU. USC, you know, so it's like, it's, it's not, it's not going to be, Anything that we haven't seen before, they're very athletic. They're very organized. Uh, you know, every kid on their team is a quality soccer player that's played at a super high level, hence the reason they're in the top 25. That's for a reason. Hence that program's won a couple of national championships. I mean, so, you know, it, it doesn't get easier for us this weekend, um, but that's okay. I, you know, I, I certainly don't think we're going to walk out on the field and, and feel like it, it's something that we haven't already experienced. So, we have an opportunity to be better and to, you know, and to hopefully grow a little bit from last weekend. And, and ironically, you know, you, you go into Sunday and Long Beach State's a mid-major. Uh, Long Beach State is, a, is probably a less known entity uh, around the country in terms of their athletic program in comparison to a, a, a BYU or a Clemson or a USC. But ironically, they're receiving votes for the top 25 this week. And I think they're just as good as, 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 as the team that we're going to play on. Thursday. So, I mean, we're, we're, you know, we're staring down the barrel of, of two top opponents and that gives us two opportunities to, to go and, and two tries to get a, to, to get a big win. And, and certainly we'd love to get two. You're listening to the Chris LeMay Coaches Show here on the home of the Wolverines, ESPN 960, always brought to you by Proper Brewing Co. and properbrewingco.com. Coach, want to talk a little bit about, about that BYU game on Saturday and just kind of the fanfare surrounding it. Uh, there was a sellout, I mean, 4,700 fans at Clyde Field Saturday night for that crosstown clash. Uh, what does it mean to you to, to uh, have that Wolverine faithful show up and uh, support your squad no matter what, uh, and in no matter what circumstance that's uh, happening on the field as well? I, I mean, just so impressive. I mean, one of, one of the absolute best environments that I've ever had the privilege to coach in. I mean, unbelievable job from our, our marketing department, unbelievable, you know, of the community to, to show the support. And for 4,700 to come, I mean, I, I think it was probably closer to 5,000 plus because I know that, you know, the fire marshal, you know, um, had to shut the gates. And, That's right. And there, were pl- and there were plenty of people that, that weren't even allowed in that wanted to get in. So, yeah, I mean, it just, again, it, it's the environment that we want for for our student athletes um yeah i mean it, and, and it's something that i talked about in film yesterday as well as i said you know we got to be grateful for the for the opportunities that we have to play in front of this many people and you know we have such a great field and, and the stadium's coming and it's like so you know we're, we're trying you know we're, again we're trying to look at the big picture stuff and you know, that was a record record-breaking crowd and and it was just it was just awesome and we're so grateful for, for the community to come out and support us. And I think one of the most important, impressive things was, you know, at 5-1, you think everybody would turn around and, uh, you know, be leaving. And at the end of the game, 
and, you know, may, there was probably still 4,500 people still there. And so that, that was, that was awesome that, you know, not only did they come out, but they stayed out and they, and they supported us to the end. And one thing I will credit my team for is we kept creating chances till the end. And, and we actually could have scored a couple of goals in the last couple of minutes. So, you know, the, the fans stayed and, and the players kept fighting. Yeah, and it's been awesome to see the fan support of Utah Valley Athletics in general. You saw what the basketball team was able to accomplish last season, as well as baseball. And then even, you know, it spans across all of the other sports. I'd love to see all of that fan support uh, for UVU women's soccer as well. We mentioned the upcoming games against uh, USC Long Beach State. So you're on a West Coast road swing. That Those games uh, kick off Thursday and Sunday. You also have California, California Baptist next week. Are you guys going to stay out on the West Coast, or are you planning on coming back uh, during that little bit of a break? So, we, uh, so we've got a, you know the double this weekend, uh, Long Beach and USC. Um, and then the following week's a single game. So it's, and it's, it, We'll come home Sunday night after we play Long Beach. Uh, we'll be home. Sunday through Thursday, and then we fly out Thursday to the Bay Area um, to play Cal on Friday, and we're, and we're right back home Friday. So it's just a it's just a one night just a one night swing, and then we're going to give them a Saturday Sunday off in preparation to go the, get back to the West Coast again to open up WAC play against uh, against Cal Baptist the following weekend. So we will be uh, we will be going back and forth, and we you know, we play, we play Sunday. We'll, we'll be home in our bed Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night. So we'll be back for four, four nights training at our facility. And then it's an easy one, one game, not an easy opponent, but an easy trip in terms of, you know, we're to the Bay Area. We leave Thursday, midday. We're back Friday evening because it's a, it's a Friday, uh, match, matchup against Cal. So with all of this travel, uh, back and forth from California and Utah, uh, you add on, you know, the, the games that you play. Obviously, the travel. You also have student athletes who have to worry about schoolwork as school's back in session. Now, how do you balance all of these things uh, with these student athletes and, and trying to uh, get their recovery in, as well as make sure they're they're you know focused and ready to go when they uh, step onto the pitch? Yeah. So um, you know, luckily the NCAA, and it's probably been five or six years ago, has kind of shifted. The norm now is, is to play and have two days of rest in between, similar to what we've got going on this weekend. We play Thursday and then Sunday. Um, and so, you know, in, in our off days, I mean, Friday and Saturday, in, I, in our itinerary, we have built-in downtime. We have built-in study uh, hour time. And luckily, you know, you, you the department um, it, it does such a great job to support our student-athletes in regards to being able to proctor exams on the road or provide tutoring virtually. So, um, you know, the, the, we, we obviously were student athletes, right? And, and my, I mean, our group has is, is been unbelievable in the classroom. Our team GPA is a 3.7. So they are very on top of the academic piece of it and, and balancing uh, and, and, and obviously utilizing their time management to the best of their ability. So um, it's something that, you know, it's just, it just has to be built into the itinerary. And it, there has to be, you know, we have to create space for that, and, and we do a good job of it. All right, Coach, looking forward to the team bouncing back tomorrow night at number 19, USC. Uh, appreciate your time, and good luck with this uh, West Coast road swing. Thank you. Appreciate it. Have a good one. Absolutely. That was Chris LeMay on the Chris LeMay Coaches Show here on Valley Sports Talk in the home of the Wolverines, ESPN. 960. Always great to talk 
with Coach LeMay. Just a reminder, we're going to chat with Kyle Beckerman tomorrow, 9.20 a.m. for the Kyle Beckerman Coaches Show as well. Get some UVU men's soccer as uh, they are preparing for Western Athletic Conference play as well. So uh, great stuff from Chris LeMay. Appreciate him calling in and uh, giving us some insight as to what needs to change for this women's soccer team. Uh, another tough test, as I mentioned, USC tomorrow night. Uh, Going to be a great game for Utah Valley and a, a huge opportunity to bounce back this upcoming weekend with USC and Long Beach State. Something that they got to put on the resume if uh, they are looking for that NCAA tournament bid. We will see what happens. Uh, good luck to the UVU women's soccer team. want to remind you, you can win a brand new 65-inch smart TV and gaming console, plus a comfy reclining chair. Just enter to win at ESPN960sports.com. Uh, the ESPN960 Home Entertainment System giveaway is powered by our friends at Strong VW. So make sure you go enter to win at ESPN960sports.com. We'll take a break. One hour down, one hour to go. Uh, we'll be back with Around the Big 12 as we look at uh, all of the scores from last week and we'll look forward to all of the matchups around the Big 12 Conference this upcoming weekend. We'll be right back. This is Valley Sports Talk on ESPN 960.